Welcome, welcome to the Hermit Style Podcast. With your hosts, Jimmy Bacon and Mike Runchuti. Talking all about the Dragon Ball Super Card Game. Presented by Team TCG Mafia and produced by Lobat. Yo, yo, yo! What is up, everybody? Hermit Style Podcast. We are back. It is Sunday, April 18th. Actually, it's almost Monday. Um, And sadly, Mike could not make it. I know we literally were just like, all right, we're back on track. Everything's normal. And um, unfortunately, he got sick. Um, so he isn't feeling well, no COVID, nothing like that. Uh, but he, he wasn't feeling well. So, uh, he, he stayed home and, uh, luckily we have a very special guest who stepped up. I am happy to introduce Armando. Armando, welcome in. Thanks, Jimmy. Really, really excited and happy to be here. This is my definitely favorite Dragon Ball Super podcast. Hey, hey. Probably the best podcast. Uh, I am a little disappointed. I was going to ask to do the yo, 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 but my wife went <laughs> My wife went to bed and specifically said, uh, don't be loud, don't yell. So, <laughs> <laughs> my, my girlfriend also went to bed and um, she probably just woke up and is very angry with me right now. <laughs> hey, it's worth it for the, in the end. It's worth it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, that's if she's if she can hear me right now, this is what happens when you disrespect the yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Oh man, but ha- happy to have you on. Uh, for those of you who are, you know, active and avid listeners of the podcast and in the Discord, you already know Armando. Um, he's in the Discord all the time, talking with us, playing, uh, and he's a phenomenal player. So even if you haven't been around a while, you've probably seen him lately because I'm pretty sure he's topped literally almost every single tournament lately that he's gone into. <laughs> Yeah, only the ones I'm playing in, to be fair. But uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah, no, I'm always in the Discord. I love the Discord. It's awesome. It's uh, the best place to learn and play and um, really get to know how to play the game on a little more of a competitive level. Uh, we're always sharing deck lists. We're always talking about different cards. It's it's a really, 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 really fun way to stay engaged with the Dragon Ball community. Oh yeah, bro, it's it's great. Like unbiased, removing myself is like. I, I guess I'm biased. I have to be because I run it. But even if I wasn't running it, it is just fun place to be in. I'm like, anytime I'm bored, I'm like, hmm, wonder who's in the Discord. Just talking with people, talking Dragon Ball. Like, I don't know. I love it. But yeah, man, super stoked you're on the show. Like I said, guys, Armando has tons of knowledge that I'm really excited um, for you all to get a little bit more into his head and some of his thoughts because he really is a phenomenal player. He has just been racking up tops lately like a madman. Um, I'm like, God dang, like this man is hot. <laughs> All right. Don't hype me up too much. Man. It's just, uh, <laughs> I just like slinging cardboard. Also, he's the, uh, you're going to be the, our, our first guest outside of the U S. Yeah. Canadian. For those who don't know, I live in uh, Amherstburg, Ontario, which is right near uh, Detroit, near Michigan. So I'm a Canadian player. Um, have a couple of really good players in Canada, but not a lot of them compete in the international tournament. So sadly you're stuck with me. Uh yeah, I will say actually every Canadian player I've met and talked to at a tournament has actually been some of my favorite people and amazing players. So uh <laughs> it's in our blood. We're just really nice. You are, you are, man. 
like I remember the first regional I went to in Connecticut, literally the whole day I pretty much hung out with um, Danny Hype and his boy uh, Calvin and his other boy Alex. And it was so fun. Like I, I would have never known, like if someone saw us, they would have never known that we just pretty much met for the first time in person. They're, I'm like, these yeah. guys are my best friends, I guess. <laughs> yeah, those guys are all really good people. Uh, I've talked to them before. Alex so is really nice. I played against him in Niagara. He was, he's a really, really good guy. Yo, he's hysterical, bro. I was dying laughing all day. All right. This is actually a good story before we get into news. So we're in the Connecticut Regional, right? And um, he's playing against this guy. And I'm like standing literally at least six feet away. Just watching. Like, Alex is my boy, right? I want to watch him win. Like, I'm trying to see him clap this dude. So I'm just, like, watching. Your social distancing before social distancing. Exactly, bro. Like, I'm being respectful. I'm, like, you know, standing away. And um, this guy turns around, looks at me, and goes, you need to leave. And I was, like, "Uh, I'm just watching, man. Like, (laughs) I I was, like, "I, I can move back a little more if you'd like. He's, like, no, you need to go away. I was like, well, I mean, I paid to be here. I'm not just going to go away. (laughs) (laughs) Were you you watching like a baseball coach? (laughs) I don't know what he thought. So I was like, so then, so now, so now I'm mad. Right. So now like I've moved from like nice Jimmy to now I'm like, now the Philly in me is coming out. Right. (laughs) So, so now I'm like, well, no, now, now I'm just going to stand right here. (laughs) So, and so then Alex is just looking at me like, I don't know what's going on. And then so Alex thinks it's funny. So he starts laughing at the guy. <laughs> so now the guy's getting more mad. So he just screams as loud as he can. He's like, judge. And we're like, what the hell? Like, yeah, to say it that loud. The judge is like a table over, bro. <laughs> so judge comes over. Judge is like, what's going on? And the guy's like, this guy's not going to leave. And I was like, hey, man, I'm standing like 10. Like now I'm like. 10, six feet away. I don't know. But I was like, I'm standing plenty far away. I don't know what his problem is. I'm not doing anything shady here. And um, the judge literally was just like, uh, he was like, can he just stand? He was like, if he stands over there, is it going to be okay? And the guy was like, yes. He was like, can he just stand out at the end of the table? I was like, I hope you said no. No, I did. I was like, sure, man. But um, it was funny, though. It was an ongoing joke. Every time I talked to Alex, we would just yell judge as soon as we saw each other. <laughs> but uh, it was just funny. Funny, funny. But All right, man. Let, let's uh, let's get in the news. News from the lookout. All right. So not, not a ton of news today. Uh, we didn't go over last time. They did announce that the anniversary box is coming soon. Um, so if you haven't been in the game a while and you haven't seen these before, this is actually one of my favorite products that the Dragon Ball Super Card game does. I absolutely love them. In the past, what they've done is essentially take some of just like all different cards. Some of them are like amazing, like cards that you just see. Like if you're playing that color, you're probably playing that card. Like in the first anniversary box, we got the Altart Sensu Bean, um, Last set, we got the uh, Max Power Kamehameha, which was a new card, not even a reprint. That was brand new. Um, But they give us all kinds of things, like really cool reprints, really cool new cards. And the foiling on these cards is like insane. It's like a bunch of SPRs. That's what I was going to say. It's the best for for your money. It's the best foiling in the game in terms of collectability. I mean, even if uh, talking about reprints, if you look at the original Topo, it looks fine. The the four drop Topo, the... Uh, anniversary box oh. 
spoiling. It's a good looking card. I Top like I sold mine, but <laughs> it's a good. I wish I did. If I was a collector, I'd be I'd be clinging to them. The anniversary box foils are beautiful. When I decided that I was going to play Invoker, which lasted for all of one week, um, I the first thing I did actually was buy two foil topos from Anniversary Box. <laughs> I was like, no way. I cannot play this deck and not look at this card in my hand. <laughs> um, but yeah. No, so, a- oh yeah, for sure. Um, so it comes out, it says August 2021. MSRP is $60, which is the same as it has always been. Uh, I would check to see if you can pre-order it on any of the sites. A lot of times you can get it very cheap on, and this is completely unaffiliated, unsponsored, but a lot of times you can get it on sites like Game Nerds for a lot cheaper. So um, if you don't have a local game store or if you're in a position like some where your local game store doesn't have good prices uh, <laughs> and you want better prices, whatever it is, uh, definitely check it out. Make sure you get your hands on them. I know last time it was actually pretty hard to get them if you did not pre-order or get them on release day so if it is a product you want just plan ahead it says there are 96 new cards total or i guess not new cards this is 96 cards total i'm assuming that means new but maybe not uh let's see let me read more so it's a special anniversary think, set 20 what'd you say i was gonna say i think they do like the uh it's like 35 new cards and you get two copies of each so that's 70 uh, of the that's what they did in the other two anniversary boxes i think it was 30 something cards and uh you got two copies of each. So yep. you always want to order the anniversary boxes if you're going to order them. That way you get your play sets. Yep, you are right. I should have kept reading. Next line literally says 35 new cards times two equals 70. <laughs> uh, and Fair then enough. in the box you get, it says special anniversary pack times two, which is a five card pack uh, where you get, it says five card pack X2. So 10 cards total. Uh, random new foil cards from the above 35 new card types plus one new leader. Oh, that's good. So the way it reads to me is that you get the new leader card no matter what, because there was an issue last time where people were buying boxes and just not pulling the, it was the AOD leader. I think last time they just like weren't yeah. pulling it and people were pissed. They were like, how did I buy two boxes and not pull a leader? <laughs> yeah. I think the, I think the AOD leader was one per case or something like that. Yeah. It was like, they were crazy expensive on release. I think they were like 40 or 50 bucks each. Yeah. So hopefully that means they fixed it if I'm reading that correctly. And then it says you get four vault power up packs, which is four cards in a pack, 16 cards total. Uh, you get three normal and one foil card from the 20 alternate art card types. So they're doing 20 all arts. And plus with these, you also get the set of sleeves, um, which are going to have four design types as well as the storage box that it comes in. Uh, which are they're actually all nice. I actually keep all of mine. I have them in a closet that my girlfriend yells at me all the time to throw out, and I say no. <laughs> I think the last ones were like a foil to them too. The box art had the foil on yeah. them. I have the SF foil. It's awesome. Yeah, they're, it's they're like sweet. Like and also, if you get two of the same ones, a lot of people don't know this. If you get two of the same box, they actually stack to make a bigger picture. That's news to me. That is news to me. Yep. So if you, if you look at your box, if you have a, if you even have a one box, just take the box and look at the other side of it from where the main art is. And you can see the art continues to the next side of the box. So you actually flip it, you flip one and keep the other one normal. And then when you stack them together, it makes a, a big image. Pretty cool. Like play, that's neat. Yeah. So I, I like it. So I'm like, yeah, I'm never getting rid of these. <laughs> I don't even put anything in them. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> Oh man. Um, all right. What else? Uh, let's see. So the, 
I don't even know what this tournament was. There was it was it a regional tournament, the European tournament with all the controversy. Do you know? Yeah, I think it was the regionals. It was this weekend. I, I think it was card market, if I remember correctly. I'm I not think so. Sure. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it was the card card market Bandai regionals. Yeah, so they had that regional, and uh, apparently cheating was just running rampant <laughs> in this tournament. Um, we had our good old friend Alfredo. Yeah, but, the whole thing. <laughs> what a surprise! <laughs> Do you know what he was I playing? Mean, uh, probably Vjax. No, <laughs> he was playing Dark Broly, I believe. I think when I, I read the read the breakdown, it said first place was Dark Broly. Oh so I think man, that's broken every time. Oh look at that, three thirty k's off rip. <laughs> <laughs> My bills are great today. But, uh, man, I'm running no. out. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, I know when you played him, you said he was actually a mechanically sound player for the most part. So maybe, yeah. it, maybe it was good, but it just sucks having the infamous reputation follow you and tainting your win, right? Yeah, it's it's tainted for me. I'm never going to respect that. Like I just can't. Once you, well, if you get caught once, I mean, in my personal opinion, integrity is everything. If you show you have no integrity, that means you have no integrity. There isn't. Oh, I learned it. You just don't have it. Um, but it's, it, you know, sometimes webcam people can be over the top. So it's like, you know, maybe people like got out their pitchforks for no reason and caused this witch hunt and you didn't deserve it. Right. So first time I'll, I'll let it slide for webcam purposes, but I don't even know how many times this man got caught cheating with video proof. So I'm like, nah, get out of, get out of here, bro. <laughs> Re-entering with the second name is my favorite little tidbit about that in history there. That's just, that's, that's next level super villain stuff this thing, but you know what care. <laughs> to be honest i'm thankful for it because it it really does engage the community and unite us with a common enemy <laughs> <laughs> alfredo said look y'all have been pitted against each other too many times i'm coming in to save us <laughs> maybe he's a hero maybe maybe hero. maybe <laughs> that's funny and then uh we also saw silk um he got disqualified right yeah, I think he got DQ'd. I don't think there's an official announcement, but I know um, I think his team made an announcement that they were no longer associating with them. And uh, I think there was a couple of videos going around indicating that he happened to. And again, I haven't seen these to verify, but my understanding was he was playing Turtles, would search the deck for his fruit tree. It might would slip a card underneath the fruit and then add two to his hand instead of the regular one. Yeah, I, I heard the same accusation. I watched the video. I personally couldn't actually see it, so I couldn't verify one way or the other. I also just don't really care, so I didn't actually... Like, I literally watched it because I saw it sliding. When I was going through Facebook, it, like, auto-played. And I was like, what's yeah. that? And then I read the comments. They're like, he's cheating. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, You're not going to sit there and throw it. I bet you. <laughs> um, I don't care that much. It's a European tournament. Yeah, yeah it's, it's whatever. Um, it's just interesting. I don't even care much when Americans cheat, to be honest. It's just like, it, to me, it's just part of it. Like people are going to cheat when there's money on the line. So it's just so the thing, the thing that I don't like, and I appreciate, you know, these games are competitive. Some of the prizes really good. You want to win it. If it even crosses your mind that I'm either going to misplay or I'm going to intentionally ignore this play, you know, your opponent misses an auto that should be mandatory and you're letting that go. For example, like, you know, you play something, your opponent's got black mass saying, no, he doesn't call you on it. You know, a lot of people are going to say, hey, he missed the trigger. It's fine. But every little, little integrity thing that kind of misses or it all adds up to hurting oh, the yeah. game. Is all. 
because you're not just hurting your opponent in that game. You're hurting all of your opponent's opponents. You're hurting the people you played earlier in the day and will play after the day. Um, at the end of the day, you know, we all make mistakes. You don't catch everything right away. And sometimes it doesn't make sense to fix it. But um, I, like, I've been a victim of game states that I should have corrected and didn't because I didn't see them. And then, you know, you end up losing the game and you think, damn, wish I'd been paying more attention. But at the end yeah. of the day, it's not just my stats. It's everybody's stats. It gets affected, right? So it is a serious thing. It's something oh, absolutely. that's... Uh, yeah, it just, it, it's unfortunate that it happens, but there's also not much you can do. And there's this big witch hunt that webcam is causing all these people to come out of the It's woodwork. not. <laughs> They've been doing there this was, to you. You just, you just were too dumb to see it in person. <laughs> and you just have to look back and see like on occasion, way back when, before the webcam days, when this, when they'd have stream games and you'd see somebody do a misplay or a cheat in a stream game. And you think that's one game in a tournament of 200 tables, right? Right. Yeah, it's 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 everywhere, man. It it is literally it's been happening since literally the start of the game. I remember, and I mean, we everyone knows the podcast. No, let let me also come back to say my attitude on it is not that I don't care because I don't think it's serious. It's that I don't care because I just understand it happens, and I'm not gonna Mm -hmm. let it ruin the game for me. Like, because some people get so upset about it, and I used to be one of those people. I was like, how could this guy cheat? You know, I'd be so pissed about it. Like, I'm like, I'm sitting here. I suck at card games. So I'm just busting my ass trying to do good. And (laughs) this guy cheats and, you know, I get it. It's frustrating, but it's one of those things that if you don't accept it too, to know that this will happen and you just have to be prepared to look out for it, then it's just so much unneeded stress and anger. And then people get turned off to the game and I'm like, (sighs) Yeah, but it's every game. I can go on Call of Duty right now where you're not playing for anything and there's some 13-year-old playing with mods, you know? <laughs> and the honest, like, my kind of perspective on it is I just, I keep a, I keep a track of whoever I play against, right? Um, if there's something suspect, if there's an issue, or if, uh, if it's a game that's memorable for whatever reason, I'll always write it down, right? And I have my ledger of people where it's like, mm. <laughs> one way or another right? <laughs> the list bro <laughs> exactly. and that's you doing your due diligence oh man that's good <laughs> that's funny but yeah i mean and anyone who knows me knows i cannot stand cheaters i actually have made this a rule in the discord that if you are confirmed to cheat in any tournament and it's verified i will ban you <laughs> like you will just immediately get banned from the discord if you're a confirmed cheater i have no tolerance for that so you know just don't cheat please stop cheating stop and stop giving webcams a bad a bad rep cheating's been going on since i remember in a set something set two or three um a player which i will not name was playing cell chain and he was playing the two drop Giro that searches an android you know what i'm talking about Yep, that card's awesome. Yeah, so he was searching out his cell, literally the cell piece, the three drop. Gotta have Android in the character name. That's uh, that's not. But here's the crazy part. Someone asked him, "Did you know that?" He said, "Yeah," but then my opponents called me out on it. I said, "Oh my god, come on, bro." <laughs> yeah, that's not even a soft cheat. That's uh, that's, that's, that's just cheating. That's not, <laughs> it's that's not just, even telling your opponent like there's a trigger that they're missing. That's just straight cheating. And that was in person, though. That's my point. Like, and that's that was the start of the game. And he he won a major tournament. So I'm like, this has been going on forever. Like, you, you just really have as a if you're going to be competitive in Dragon Ball, you got to be on your p's and q's. If you don't know what a card does, ask, verify, 
you don't, if you aren't okay with something, call a judge, so forth, so on. But anyways, we won't get too hung up on this. I don't want cheaters to overtake the podcast. <laughs> but um, it is unfortunate, though, because at this point, that whole tournament, I just don't care. I don't even care about the results because I'm like, they're all skewed. So that's that's the big thing right that, and that goes right back into what you said yeah exactly it skews the whole tournament it makes you think twice about everything and like it as much as it's nice because it creates drama and like i said bands everybody together to kind of talk <laughs> about something on the other hand it's like yeah that's it's if i was playing in that tournament i'd be a lot angrier than yeah no more no more alfredo did his job we're united you can all stop cheating <laughs> um yeah. Oh, Three man. times over. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, make sure. So, speaking of webcam tournaments, if you want to get in a good one with no cheating, Hermit Style World Tournament, baby. It's coming up May 8th. If you want to win a custom metal leader card that you get to pick, designed by Chris Anderson with Spiral Mountain Graphics, you need to play in this tournament. And better yet, if you're listening to this podcast right now, we're already 20 minutes in. We haven't gotten to a main to- topic. I'm going to assume that you love this podcast because you should. You should. And you get a special guest spot on the show. So uh, if you're listening right now and you're like, man, that sounds awesome. All you have to do, join our Discord. There is a channel. Uh, it is the, it's in, I think the like main little category, like the first one. And it says Hermit Style World Tournament. All the details are there. But again, it's May 8th, best of three. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, we got not as many signups as we want it right now to just to be completely transparent and honest. So if you want to play, jump in and uh, make sure that we aren't just wasting our time talking about it, <laughs> but it should be fun. You, I can tell you two things. First, the guest spot, definitely worth it. It's a lot of fun already. Second, uh, it's my mom's birthday that weekend. No! Actually, so I'm having a really tough time thinking about how I'm going to explain to her that I'm not showing up to her house. Uh. Cause <laughs> Oh man, don't do that. Don't <laughs> your mom's going to come in and delete the discord app. <laughs> oh, that's funny, bro. Oh man. That makes me a little sad though. I'm like, hmm, maybe we need to change it for Armando. <laughs> It'll be just as fun. It'll be just as fun. Oh boy. Uh, so yeah, but j- jump in that y'all discord link is always in our episode description. I'm always posting it on Facebook and everywhere. And if you can't find it still, or it's not working, just message me, um, or message the show on Facebook, how, you know, message any of us. We will, we are happy to give you the link. It is out there. You can join. And if you have trouble joining, apparently a couple people have had trouble lately. It's some discord glitch that's been happening where, uh, I guess it won't let you post when you join it first. All you have to do to fix it is leave quit the discord app and rejoin and that's fixed it for everybody don't know why it's a discord thing so don't don't hate me for it please uh, <laughs> um all right and then armando uh you have some cool news about a project that you're starting up just uh one little bit of news so um if you followed me at all in my any of my old youtube videos or any of my blog articles you know i operate a blog called border city ballers um, it's it's all free my youtube's free that none of that's paywall log or anything like that i just try and provide some decent content i like reading a lot um blogs are my thing so i figured i'm gonna write a blog kind of give people an idea of some gameplay tournament recaps that kind of stuff anyway on uh my next big project i want to do it's going to be called the 36 chambers and it's going to be a blog series uh basically about short tips on how to get more competitive in the game or things to consider when you're playing that might give you more competitive edge uh the goal is to create like a almost 36 short chain short segments and uh, if you're a kung fu or rap geek at all like me, you know, 36 Chambers of Shaolin movie, 
great Wu Tang Clan uh, album. <laughs> Love it, bro. Yeah, that was my inspiration. My goal ultimately is to team up with either different content creators and have them provide some tips or new guest articles, and then we'll link to their content and kind of try and grow a little bit more of the community already, more so than it already. So that's the goal. Dude, that's awesome. We do not have a solid, regular, like, DBS blog like that. So I think that's awesome. The Border City Baller stuff that you've done, too, is incredible. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, regular is the term I would use, that's for sure. Uh, maybe at one point it was, but we're trying. We're trying to get back on track. So. <laughs> well, it, it's dope. So definitely, guys, check that out. Uh, well, I have your link in the Discord, actually, in Friends of the Turtle School. But if you, uh, I don't know if you'll end up using like a different link or anything, but let me know. We'll make sure that when Armando has it up, you will have a link to it in the Friends of the Turtle School channel in the Discord. So definitely, you guys will be in there. All right. Well, that wraps up news for us. We are going to go ahead and get into today's main topic. Turtle School Weekly Focus. And what better way to start this off than really getting to know our guest, Armando, a little bit better? Um, kind of taking a bit of a deeper dive into his DBS background and just some different things about him. So we'll start with that and then we'll, we'll get into some different fun topics. We have one that I know both of us don't agree on that we picked. So that'll be fun to talk about. And then uh, so some interesting, uh, an interesting deck, I guess more archetype that we think might could, you know, has potential or room to squeeze in uh, to the meta almost as potentially like an anti-meta. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it some more, but before we get into that, uh, so Armando, when, uh, when did you start playing Dragon Ball? So I was a late bloomer, to be honest. Uh, I started playing in set five, which was miraculous for five. I won two starter decks in like a shop raffle. And a friend of mine uh, that I'd, I'd known years ago, I ran into playing Dragon Ball. He saw me win the starters. He goes, hey, you should play this game, man. It's a lot of fun. And I'm like, eh, it doesn't really look my speed. And then I go, I had pulled the Gogeta deck, and Gogeta and Janemba are my favorite characters. I said, is there a Janemba deck? He's like, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I got into the game starting with uh, Starter Gogeta and Janemba Mill, because, again, those are my two favorite characters. They were both the same color archetype, so I only needed one set of cards. Um, I played really casually. Eventually, I got more invested uh, playing Janemba Mill. The more I played, the more I collected. I kind of built my deck over time. And eventually I started winning the uh, like our local tournaments with Janemba Mill. Um, it was exciting for me because he was my favorite uh, character and the art was all really cool. So uh, I started playing the game a little more serious after that. And then uh, my first real talk was at the Niagara Falls Regional in Canada. That was, I want to say, two years ago. I was like part of the last in-person set of regionals in that uh maybe the second last i think it was set seven i was i was playing broly u6 yellow broly u6 okay okay that, got you got you <laughs> see i got top three in the open division nice that was a it was such a fun deck and that was the first time i really started playing more aggro decks because obviously um janemba and starter gogeta are both kind of more controlling decks that either janemba tries to mill you out gogeta tries to win with Go the now banned gogeta seven Right. But um, transitioned into aggro because I couldn't beat Kid Koo. Kid Koo was just such an oppressive deck, and I could not beat it with Janemba Mill. So I ended up switching into um, 
the Burly Six with the untaps and the, he could take a life and untap an energy or untap Mira for a second swing. It was a really, really good deck. <laughs> so it, was, it, was, it was so much fun. Like the turn three kills with the, the Mira that <laughs> untaps swings again. That was the best feeling. Free I also energy. loved playing that. Oh my God. <laughs> And it was like so cool playing the the Kefla and evolving on top of the Kefla tapping or Khalifa tapped your opponent's energy. Oh yeah, yeah, the yellow it. one. Yeah, yeah. It was I always got to mix such up a too. Cool, fun deck, and then like you know that deck quickly became irrelevant when uh, Red Green Broly came out and the multi other multicolor stuff kind of started um, taking it down a notch, unfortunately. But that was the first real deck I, I topped with. Um, my first win was actually, this is where my Dragon Ball history gets a little intertwined with the, uh, Hermit Cell podcast. So the first notable win I have was, I think it was PPG event webcam qualifier number two. Um, I played Dark Broly. I've been playing Dark Broly since set 11 dropped. I had topped one of the best of them, best of one webcam tournaments with it, but I had just been playing it a lot. I went through a number of lists and number of changes um petrification is my favorite black card and i always had it in at least two uh i feel like i'm responsible for making that card popular not gonna <laughs> lie it did touch me a win against uh, andrew deval on stream uh i ended two one against him in the finals i was undefeated that day which was really cool huge reason i was undefeated was all the help i got from hermes style i had joined the discord uh like just prior to the tournament a couple days i think and i actually messaged you my list jimmy and you helped me with i remember consistency. this yeah, you helped me with some pointers, helped me build. I had no idea what to do for a side deck, and you helped me, like, uh, uh, Black Mass Sand, a, cu- a couple other key side deck choices you made me include. And uh, I did really, really well. But what was most notable of it um, was joining the Discord chat in between rounds in the tournaments and talking to people. It's so much fun. Honestly, oh, it's yes, the closest bro. thing you can get. It's the closest thing you can get to being at an in real life event where you're, you're sitting there, you're meeting your friends, you're chatting with your friends. It's, it's like very similar because you're popping in this discord channel. You're talking about your matchups, how you did, what you hope you play against, what you hope you don't, how many people are going to top. It's, it's literally, it was so much fun. I actually ended up playing against Mike in the tournament. It was, it was a lot of fun. Honestly, if it weren't for the discord, I might've even uh, stopped playing BBS earlier just because you run out of people to play with. Right. And if your local scenes, uh, dead because of COVID. Like COVID nineteen has been killing my local scene in terms of our tournaments and our play groups getting together. So the Discord's the closest thing to being in a real event, meeting new people, chatting with friends all over the world. Um, I don't think webcam events would be fun for me if I wasn't part of the Discord. Dude, that's so sick to hear. You're gonna make me blush. <laughs> that's so dope to hear, yeah. though, man. That is so so okay. so cool. Okay, for you as someone who plays in tournaments, right? What's more fun, playing the game in the tournament or jumping in the Discord between rounds? Oh, yeah. It's always jumping in the Discord, bro. It's the same thing traveling, too. Like, it's so funny. I was talking about this actually with Mike the other day. It's like when I think back to events that I played in, right? I haven't played in a ton of, of big events. I haven't. I just I don't travel as much as some others for the game, but I do when I can. Right. And all of my like memorable moments, because everyone's always like, well, what was your cool, like your biggest win or like your, what was your toughest loss or like the craziest? I'm like, yeah, I have some stories from the cards. But when I think of the event, the first thing I think of is like 
the homies, like all these like dope. Like when I think of me and Mike in Atlantic City, I think of the chain check that <laughs> if you haven't heard about the chain check story, go back to when Mike was playing Jiren. I think I even put a little chain around Jiren <laughs> uh, somewhere around there in one of the episodes. Or like when I think of Philly, I think of the, the hotel room and literally me, uh, Jordan, Sawyer and Nick on Tinder uh, making like middle aged, like Lord of the Rings references to girls. And we just thought it was hysterical. Like, <laughs> like just doing dumb shit with your friends. That was just fun. I don't know. Like, that's always what I think of. And that the discord being able to jump in and to get that same, I mean, not the same, but as close as we can get during COVID a hundred percent, bro. It's all, it's like, that's always what it's all about. You can't beat the feeling of showing up to a shitty motel with four other people at like <laughs> part of the event, and you all stroll in, and there's like there's like a dead body floating in the pool, <laughs> and you get into this room and it smells bad, and you're like, well, looks like we're playing cards for three hours prior to the tournament. <laughs> oh my god! All right, bro, you just triggered the funniest fucking story. Um, let me ask you, what what is your worst hotel experience for a card game tournament? Do you have one? Do you have one that like sticks out? Yeah, it's probably that motel that I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, we had six guys in a two bedroom room. They told oh, us, it was man. Three they told us it was going to be three beds, and then they go, "Okay, yeah, we don't have a bed, so there's there's a couch in there." And we're like, "All right, so you know, we're sleeping like two to three, two dudes to a bed, and then a guy." <laughs> on the uh, and it was like, I was, I'm positive there was mold in there, positive. <laughs> Where was like, this? Uh, that was in Niagara Falls. Actually. Oh, was it? Oh, it was, was it? Okay. Yeah, we booked. Uh, we booked late. We were running out of nice places to stay, so it was like you you take what you can get, right? When you book late, so we found a motel and it was cheap. For it had good reviews online, but in real life, it's obviously a lot different. So that's funny, bro. I you know. <laughs> One time we, uh, when I used to travel around for the spoils, actually, um, me, my friend Austin and who were, oh, we were with this guy, Richard. Um, the three of us were running to run this spoils event. Uh, the way it would work is the director of the company. I was a good. He's a good friend of mine. So he would fly us out to wherever the next ARG was. He was partnered with, with Jim at ARG. Um, he would fly us all out. We would demo the spoils all day because it hadn't broken into that like big game yet where they could get like a huge following. Um, so we would demo it all day. So I'd demo it to like all the Yu-Gi-Oh players, the Force of Will players, the you know, Pokemon. Uh, at the time, Panini, DBZ Panini was still a thing. Um, we'd be demoing just all day. And then the next day we'd have a 1K. And then we would try to, there'd be people who come that really liked playing the spoils. But the way we ran it was a, a limited event. It was sealed. So that way we could encourage if people really liked the game, we could get newer players to sign up too. That was like a way we try and push it. Um, so anyways, we get flown out to, I want to say this was the one in, it was not Rhode Island. This was in Florida. It was in Florida. Um, we were in Kissimmee and we get to, we get out of the airport. We, we call our Uber, the Uber drives us up and he literally, now mind you, this is an Uber. So he's a local he pulls up and he goes, uh, I don't think this is a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so I read off the address to him again. I'm like, well, this is the address we have. He was like, um, well, that's where we are. <laughs> and I was like, well, then I think this is the hotel, man. <laughs> So like we get out and uh, he was like, you want me to stay for a minute and make sure you guys are okay? <laughs> yes, please. That yeah. would be excellent. So there's a like, I don't know what to 
describe it as other than a like Mexican dive bar that was outside. So it was literally like a little tent almost kind of thing over it. There was a bar and it was all Mexican food and drinks and they had a disco ball inside the tent. (laughs) And then behind it, there was a building with no lighting, (laughs) just a big building. And we were like, did we go in the building? Do we get a drink first? Like, is 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 the bartender who we get our hotel keys from? Do I do I need to brush up on my Spanish before <laughs> I get in here? That's the question. We're like, what the hell? So we like, okay, let's go into the building. So we go into the building and all the lights are off. And I just remember going, uh, hello. And I just hear a voice from another room go, hey. <laughs> and then we're like, uh, is this whatever? I don't remember what the hotel was. We we're like, is this? He was like, oh yeah, it is. Give me a minute. So this guy comes out and goes, oh, it must be creepy. All the lights are off. Turn the lights on. We we're like, yeah, that was pretty creepy. <laughs> yeah. um, is this a move so you don't have to do any work? Or? Bro, it was it was like nothing I ever experienced before. So we end up there is like controversy over getting the keys, of course, and we end up getting the keys, and it's like one of the ones like it's all outside, like a typical motel kind of thing. So you like walk outside the doors from the outside literally like going in. So we go in, so it is all tile floors. The furniture is fake wood. It's literally plastic, (laughs) just plastic. That looks like wood. Um, we go into the bathroom. There are, I cannot make this up. There were blood stains on the curtain, literally blood stains on the curtain. I I don't know if my cringe is audible, but I can tell you it's a serious cringe. (laughs) But here's the funniest part. The toilet paper. The toilet paper, they literally pulled the roll out some and tied it in a toilet paper bow tie that sat on top of the roll of toilet paper. Four star, baby. Four star treatment. We were like, oh, this is fancy now. (laughs) So we were like, hold. So I'm bougie. I will not lie. When I go places, I'm like, no, I need a nice place. So I'm like, all right, let's go to a different hotel. And. Austin and Richard are like, no, we're staying here. And I'm like, bro, I will pay for it. They're like, no, nah, it's late. We just want to sleep. I'm like, you want to sleep in this? We're going to get murdered. And they're, so they convinced me to stay against my better judgment. And then we're like, so there's two beds. And I'm like, well, you guys are making me stay. So I get my own bed. <laughs> and they're like, that's fair. So Richard's like, yeah, I don't really want to sleep with you, Austin. So Richard's like, I think I'm just going to take this bed to myself. And Austin's like, where do I sleep? <laughs> bro. This is really bad. I probably, I don't even know if I just say, well, it doesn't matter. Spools is dead. We took all of the top cut play mats and laid them out to make a bed. (laughs) And Austin, (laughs) Austin literally slept on a play mat bed. (laughs) Probably better quality mattress than what you were using, to be honest. But I can tell you what, we laughed every time we had to give out one of these playmats to someone. <laughs> and no one understood why. Oh my gosh. Yep. Some That's random guy's probably listening like, those dickheads, I knew that thing smelled. <laughs> but, I know, right? I'm like, I'm like, this probably happens with all playmats. I'm glad that I saw my tournament playmats. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was that was really bad of us, but <laughs> I, I have a slight I, I have a slight good because this is relatable. If you, if you guys have dietary restrictions, which a lot of us do, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's at night. We've, the tournament's done. We just finished the Niagara regionals. I, you know, I played hot, got 
uh, second in Swiss. So I'm like, oh, sweet. This is great. Like, this is such a fun time. Oh, yeah. You know, we played some Mario Kart, had some drinks. We were all ready to go. So we're going out. It's like, you know, one, one in the morning or midnight or one in the morning or something like that. We're walking around. And we're like, oh, let's go to IHOP. You know, we'll grab some food. Uh-oh. We end up going. Yeah, we end up going to the IHOP, you know, you know, they bring out their menu and it's like in Niagara Falls, they have all these crazy like tours and prices and additional surcharges or whatever. And, uh, you know, they go, okay, well, brings us the menu. I start asking the waiter, you know, oh, hey, I'm gluten intolerant, so I can't eat wheat or anything like that. Um, do you guys have gluten-free pancakes? He's like, no, I don't know what that is. So I'm like, all right, well, can, can you tell me if the chicken's breaded? And he's like, I'm not sure. And I'm like, oh, well, can, can you go check with the <laughs> chef if the, the chicken's breaded? And then the waiter looks me dead in the eye and goes, salad is a good choice for you, sir. Oh, and I looked at my what? friend what? and my friend looks at me and he goes, he just fucked you, bro. <laughs> He's my language. He's like, oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah. And I, I ordered the salad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah, insane that was a, I had never been coming off that tournament high a couple of drinks in me and then just to get disrespected straight up like look man it's either salad or bus for you I was like sweet nice <laughs> uh, so that's funny yeah, that was my uh, fun little anecdote I always think about that whenever I, I go over you know, with friends at these kinds of events it's always in the back of my mind that this guy looked me dead in the eye and was like look man <laughs> I'm not checking with I'm not checking with the chef to see what you can eat. You either get salad or you, <laughs> you don't <go> eat. <laughs> so holy shit! Oh man! Yeah, to uh, bring us up to speed though. After that, uh, we had that PPG webcam event, and then uh, the yep. last couple of events I've been were the um, re- recent regionals. I topped the. I can't even remember now, but I top one with Majin Vegeta. Check my blog out. I have tournament recaps of all my recent tournaments. Um, I got 12 with Majin Vegeta, and then I got fifth twice with Dark Broly. And I tell you, oh, it hurts, I appreciate the 1% tiebreaker difference between fifth and fourth each game, each tournament. Oh, man, broke my heart. Oh, for that. man. Is what it is, though. Just got to try and win the next one. Bandai so. tiebreakers are trash, too. They need to fix their tiebreaker system. No, it's yeah, literally, it's it's clownery. It's absolute clownery. It's so bad. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. The whole oh. circus. Oh, uh, man. Now I'm, I'm sorry. I know. I, I, was, <laughs> I was talking to some about someone about it, and I literally, like, this is recent. I was like, this just, like, came up. We were talking about regionals, and I was literally just like, I feel really bad for Armando. <laughs> oh, man, I loved it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm currently prepping. Uh, PPG's got another regionals on the 24th. I'm a little worried because I haven't had much practice in the uh, Evolution Booster meta, but hopefully I can grind out some games this week and get in a situation where I'm happy with what I'm going to play. Probably going to play Dark Brawler or Green Frieza. Um, it's, it's tough between... The blog, COVID, no locals, and um, everything, you know, we're all busy. I am on oh, yeah. Team Berserk now, which is a Dragon Ball Super Card game term, which is cool. Um, most of us are Canadians. It's, it's been a lot of fun, though. The guys are really good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Congrats on that. Thank you. Well, yeah, you definitely um, have more more than enough uh, 
merit here. I mean, that's that's an all, really awesome Dragon Ball history topping webcams, topping webcam regionals, topping in person regionals. That's a uh, that's that's an it's much much better than my portfolio here. My resume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you're you were there at the start though. That's the thing. It's like I missed uh, you know five years of tournaments, so I'm just trying to catch up, man. Trying to catch up and have fun. Man, that just it. means I'm even worse. You said, man, you've been here longer and still suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. But um Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, hey man, wanna read my blog? You'll learn something. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, shit. <laughs> I'm joking. I am joking. I know, I know. Funny. <sighs> all right. So um so yeah, all right. Well, let's uh let's see. Let's start with um, you want you want to start with what we disagree about, or you want to start with the archetype that we think makes. Let's go right right on what we disagree. Okay, about all right. True true fighting so, spirit. I play a lot of dark bully. Yeah, okay? like I play a lot of dark bully, and I went that card went from uh, two inside to three inside to two in main. And now I'm probably going to do two in main, one inside. Sun Goku, True Fighting Spirit. Um, it's one of the best black one drops in the game. I took BMS out of my uh, side deck for it. It's just the it helped the re- okay. Now I will say specifically the dark early. It helps you win the matchups that you can't already win. And what you want from your tech cards or your side deck cards, you don't want to win more card. And I'm going to use this other controversial card as an example. Heartfelt Plea is a super win more card. That helps you smash matchups that you already have a 50-50, 60-40 chance of winning. Right? Invoker, they don't care about Heartfelt. They're going to bounce it back. Baby doesn't care about Heartfelt. It's going to negate it or bounce oh, it back. Oh yeah, I can give a shit less. In fact, you're probably more worried about the six, the seven drop early with deflect than you are about heartfelt. Yeah, I want that and the demigra, bro. <laughs> like those are my two things I need off the board. <laughs> exactly. So true fighting spirit. It's not you, you don't pop it down and win. You you do have to be clever with how you're going to play it. Right. That's if you're at again. We'll use this example just because I know we played this matchup. I love true fighting spirit. I think it's an essential card. I think it really really helps the baby and the invoker matchups. But the key is, if you're at seven life, I'm not going to plop down the true fighting spirit and start swinging to take you to four. Because right. I know you're going there anyway, and I know you're going to bottom deck my guy the next turn, right? Or I'm going to play the Migra, and you're going to drop... Um... I don't know, I guess you'd still warp for that, because it warps during your opponent's turn as well. But in, in any event, it's you're not going to put out true fighting spirit just so it gets bottom decked by Goten, just so it gets bottom decked. It's it's all about finding out the right time. So if you're on five, four, five, six life, I'm probably going to play True Fighting Spirit. If I can use it to self-awaken myself even better, that's that's the other key, is it's a 15k self-awakener, which in Dark Broly against your slower matchups, you need to see. Like against Invoker, it's huge because it lets you start going off a turn earlier and gets you to that magical 15k number a turn earlier. So to me, True Fighting Spirit is... One of the best. If you're running a Black Saiyan leader, you should be running True Fighting Spirit, hands down. I I agree with everything you said so far. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Go where I'm gonna say <laughs> where I'm gonna say it's bad is if you play it turn one, turn two, and expect to sit on it, you're not gonna see value out of it. No. But I think the turn you play it, you get crazy value out of it. 
Now, in terms of dealing with it, I'm going to let you take care of dealing with it because it's your tech card and then I'll get my <laughs> perspective on it. Okay. So as far as dealing with true fighting spirit here, so here, here's the thing. I think that it is something that everything you said was correct. For baby, it helps. For invoker, it helps. For those matchups, because just pitching that extra card, it helps. So if you go and are able to curve out proper and you hit your demigra, um, and then you know, you go into like you said, you go into true fighting spirit when it matters, when it counts, that's really good. Especially if you do it on that same turn that you want to go in, because now you got your value, because you're gonna get that one card. I'm removing it the next turn every time. There's no way that card sticks unless I just don't have my Gohan Piccolo. But I have that Gohan Piccolo, bro. I got like <laughs> other and baby players may not. I'm gonna have it. <laughs> <laughs> I know because you refuse to go less than three. <laughs> and I side a fourth, bro. <laughs> so the second you tap that energy and you slap down True Fighting Spirit, and or you slap down Gohan Piccolo, and Goku's the only card on my board that's targeted for that, I'm happy because I've already made you negative energy and negative card in hand, right? And I didn't even need to get you to the gate. So to me, it's the same value as if he survived another turn anyway. I'd be more worried about you swinging at him. Yeah. Just to be frank. It is a card out of my hand. Sure. It's definitely mm-hmm. a card out of my hand. But if it's the, that, that one card, though, isn't breaking me. It could. If you've, if you've curved out perfect, it could. And I didn't see my answers. It definitely, it could break me. But what, what will definitely break me is if you get that to last two turns. If that if that true fighting spirit lasts two impactful turns and gets two extra cards with a demigron, two extra cards with two Brolies, that's six cards out of my. I can't recover from that. But again, from my perspective, let's just say this is the difference. Okay, uh, I've already resolved my true fighting spirit, so now it's your turn. You, okay, you're probably not going to do a counter in your own turn, right? You're just going to swing, do whatever you got to do, pass. Now the next turn, I swing. True fighting spirits at once per turn. You negate. You warp that Gohan Piccolo. It's basically the same value, except you save their energy. It's not, though, because I'm not finishing the game the next turn. Yeah, I mean, fair. That's, you're not, that's not incorrect <laughs> for you to say. I'm just saying, in terms of value for me, I don't, I don't board your fighting spirit and expect him to warp three or four cards out of your hand. If I can get two cards out of your hand for oh, that yeah. one energy sure. play, I'm laughing. But my thing, my whole point of, because I think this all started because we said true fighting spirit sucks. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I took, got triggered. I, I was the Michael Jordan meme, man. I was like, I was like, I, I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to leave this this was... But here's why, though. True Fighting Spirit doesn't win you the matchup. It's True Fighting Spirit in combination with a Dark Broly in combination with a Demigra. Like, if that Demigra sticks and you get the full value out of True Fighting Spirit, I'm screwed. But when I can hit your Demigra and then bottom deck your Goku, I feel all right. Uh, I don't disagree. I don't disagree, but I, I do think the value you get is necessary. Like I think, I think with True Fighting Spirit, Dark Broly has a favorable matchup against Baby. I think without it, it it's a lot tougher because you're not going to be able to push through your, hand, your opponent's hand. You're not going to have the same self awakening power. Even something like a simple bait play, like uh, you know, you do your leader mill twice. You got six cards in the draw. You play your True Fighting Spirit. You swing. Right? I'm sitting on power burst in my hand. You're blue baby. I know you're going to want to attack the Goku. Right? You attack the Goku, I can get the power burst off. I'm taking my own life anyway, and now I maybe have another self awakening this turn. 
or you have to devote another card and another energy into it. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing though. The if I see my answer to Demigra, baby becomes favorite. I don't think Dark Broly is favorite anymore. When I don't see my answer to Demigra, you absolutely you absolutely become favorite. The true fighting spirit though, that isn't that isn't breaking the that like that helps you overall. Like it adds up all your little ones from like the cards you're ripping, right? <laughs> that that adds up that incremental value for you. So sure, I agree with you that you need to play it. I don't disagree yeah. that you don't need to play. You have to play that card. That's that's what definite. Like without that card, now I really am not that worried. But when I see true fighting spirit, no answer to demigirl, I'm like, oh shit! Like that's that's tough. Even if we switch the matchup up to let's say invoker, let's say Mecha um, Frieza, mm -hmm. that true fighting spirit is going to get you that same level of value, maybe yeah. even a little bit more, um, because they don't have the they don't necessarily have the answers readily available, right? Like Invoker's not going to spend three energy death beaming <laughs> on turn three. It's going to still play the Vegeta. It's still going to awaken, and then they're still going to want to violent raise me the next turn on one energy. So it's I, I see it as a huge value card. It's. I agree. I think I love the card. If not played properly, I agree. It's low value, low effort, won't, won't get you where it needs to be. But um, played properly, I think it's one of the best tools in the deck. Okay. <laughs> you're like you're like I'm still not walking back. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm sucks. not coming back on what I said. I think it's good. I think it's good. I I think that it's good in that regard. I think that. But what here and here's why though we made such a strong statement that it sucks. There here here's more of the why though, right? Because people put that card down and they just assume I win. Like that's it, bro. Like it's the same. It's this. It's literally. It's the same damn look when they play baby and drop down the draft box six silver bullet, and they're just like game. Feels, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Play that guy. He's got barrier. He's invincible. I went. <laughs> and I'm just like, bro. It's not game. I play Zeno. <laughs> <laughs> like we literally, Mike was running four Zeno whenever I wanted to play it. Then everyone stopped playing it, so we switched back to Vegeta. Now everyone's playing it, so we switched back to Zeno. I'm like, it's just. It, it's not game like that for real, but I, I, I understand what you're saying. I would not play Dark Bully without it. I wouldn't play Vigex without it. I would probably would not play any deck that can play True Fighting Spirit right now. It's going to be in my list. Absolutely. Exactly. If you're going to play a Black Sand Leader, you're running True Fighting you're, Spirit. You're running the card. Absolutely. I can 100% agree with that. So I don't think we're as far as we originally thought from each other. I think we're just on the side of it's not as... We're, we definitely don't think it's as impactful for Blue Baby as you do. Um. I will say I do agree with you on the draft box bullets where those cards are seriously, seriously overhyped. Like oh, if you're yeah. playing a deck that loses to blue, sure, put one or two in. But you're never going to resolve that card and think, oh, yeah, sweet, I won the game. Like when are you ever going to be like, it's totally worth it for me to take a Critolite and lose an energy to untap one? You're never going to, you're just going to play Floodgates on me all game long. And I'm not going to have the energy to counter you because I spend it on stupid one drops. <laughs> yeah. They're bad. That's, they're bad. Yeah. Like when they're well timed, sometimes like on the kill turn, sometimes they're okay. They can present an awkward situation at times. Like if they've somehow aggressed you really far early to where like you need your negates, but you're at like two life, say, and then they drop that mm -hmm. down and you're getting low on energy. Then you start and they can go real wide. That Now you're like, mm, this is getting tough. But typically the floodgates have already done their job then. 
you know, they've already got me the value I need. So it's whatever. So I don't know, but I would say that's the only time they become like even any kind of even annoyance. Late game, it has no value because you're just going to go tenant. So it doesn't matter. Right. That's yeah. Exactly. That's my, that's my thing with them is like, I don't think, I don't think those ones get the value. Now to be fair, if your deck can already accommodate them, yeah, run them. Just a barrier one drop. Sure. Draw a card. Like if I'm playing, if I'm playing an earthling deck, that mine's going in it, right? Because it's a yeah, red mine, draw one. Exactly. But Shit, I'm going to block with it. it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Barrier blocker, one energy draws me a card, bust it. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's so funny. kind of transitioning into the whole hand controlling aspect. Um, yep. One a deck type, like an archetype, like you said, that I think is going to come back or could come back is going to be the hand control. We're already kind of seeing it with the very limited surge cell that's getting played right now. Right? Because realistically, the like the hope of you seven, neg your opponent three cards. Right. Uh, a lot of decks right now, you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier, is a lot of decks right now just don't have the hand size that they used to, right? Like you're not playing against Surge Goku. Where they're drawing like four or five cards in the Right. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the better decks now keep a smaller hand size. Uh, and often the, your early turns are hand size filled with combo pieces. Something like Majin Vegeta or Red Broly. Red Broly yeah. Even King Piccolo, right? right. Yeah. King, King Piccolo, until, I mean, even they awaken draw three, whatever. But they're not drawing much outside of having piano on it. And most people can even interrupt a uh, soul striker Janemba. Yep, exactly. Cause the early turns, if you can snipe their hand out, they're not going to be able to do the awakening play. They want to play. And a lot of them aren't playing with three cost units now. Right. So no, I agree. I think, uh, I think hand control really does. And now is the time for it to kind of come back into the format, if anything. Uh, and I think next set, a lot of decks have the same kind of hand size problem, right? Like Supreme Kai. I think that's going to be an awesome deck, but I think it's going to have a real hand size problem. Uh, I think that deck sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does the same thing. It does the same things Dark Broly does, realistically. Yeah, right? but it, it kills does, itself though. Yeah, but it also keeps overrealms, which is really strong. That's yeah, that's cool. But you're gonna you're gonna end up killing. You're gonna be like you're gonna play a sweet overrealm. Your opponent's gonna have an answer for it, and then you'll be like, damn. Or you're gonna play Dark Banisher food, and you're gonna win the game. <laughs> <laughs> or you're gonna be tapped out, <laughs> and you're gonna lose the game the next turn. <laughs> Both strong possibilities. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think hand control is gonna have a, a decent spot. I've been playing a lot of the new, the starter green Frieza. I've been playing that. I play. Yeah. I was playing the crap. I, my addiction, my old addiction. My, the XD expert deck cell. He's oh, so we don't much we fun. don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just uh, I love like the drop interruption interruption and handling cards. They're really good. The only problem is Dark Broly's a deck in the format, and Dark Broly can completely, for lack of a better term, obliterate those strategies. Right. Because the second I'm relying on cards in my draw, you're going to warp them. The second I'm relying on cards in my hand, you're going to warp. So I'm going to spend so many resources protecting myself that I'm not going to have anything to defend my life. Yeah. It's actually very interesting that you said that. Um, so if we just look at last episode, um, if, if you all didn't check it out already, it's a great episode. Mike and I break down the current state of the meta and we, we talk a lot about blue baby, um, big surprise, <laughs> but 
It is funny you say that because in that, so we see decks like um, King Piccolo, Red Broly, uh, Soul Striker. We see Blue Baby, which Blue Baby has a big hand size as you move into the like middle and late parts of the game, but mm-hmm. early it does not. And hand destruction really, really, oh man, it is like a kryptonite. It is very tough for Blue Baby when you can hit the hand early. Like if it's a late game, like when you're ripping the hand later, I don't care because I have a million cards in my hand. But when you can hit my hand early, it can be rough. So like Blue Baby, um, there's a decent amount of decks here that it does hit. But on the flip side, you see like Dark Broly and Mecha being top decks. So it's I think it's going to depend on your run. I think I think Mecha hand control would still suffer against because early game, what does Mecha have that it can really pitch? And if I'm tapping out to control your hand, you're not going to be able to Bergamo me and get your huge value up, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not playing battle cards if I'm playing a hand control deck. Uh, I will say uh, an issue Baby has is against decks that don't awaken it because the self-awakening baby has sucks. You, you neg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You take a life, then you bottom deck one. So it's like you're, you're going plus zero and you're losing one of the best resources in the game. But your only other option, like you need to get to that awaken to draw two, right? So. Yeah, no, it, it's rough. I mean, Mecha has, I, I guess the first thing I have was Mecha has the, the early Unite Assemble to kind of build their hand up a little higher. That is true. That is true. If they double Unite Assemble or something early game. And yeah, be a little rough. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they don't see United Assemble, they're probably screwed. <laughs> <laughs> then again, to be fair, if Mecca doesn't see United Assemble, they probably lose. Yeah, right. 60. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pot agreed on crack. It's a plus three. It's pretty <laughs> wild. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, uh, I agree. But it's I just think, interesting because uh, I think like if the way that hand destruction has its way in though is there's going to be certain lines you hit in tournaments. Where it's just like, man, if I played hand destruction, I literally would have just clapped everybody. Absolutely. Even like, uh, like I said, you'll see Surge Cell, like even the hand control version with the freezes stuff, that deck's awesome. Like that deck can clap because it takes six cards out of your hand by turn three and then it's going to swing at you with criticals and double strikes. What so about, unless um, you're. Have you tested against Sin Aggro with hand destruction? Uh, not, with, not with hand destruction. I feel like. The Agrosin, I feel like, would clap it just because it has the self-awakening. I, I, I felt the same way, but I was just curious if you had actually played it out yet. Yeah, I mean, um, if I board my Unison early and maybe miss a Rage turn one or something like that, I can counter the Freeze and pop the Rage before it swings. I'm obviously in a better spot, but in the totality of the circumstances, you're probably taking three of your own life, and then he's an Awakened Draw 2 leader anyway, so he's definitely on the path to clapping and I honestly think for people who play aggro sin, like even the mid-range tempo sin or whatever, a lot of people just rush to that turn two, turn three promo or sell Zeno, and their goal is just to dump their hand. If your opponent combos out of it, you lose. <laughs> Whereas if if you play like the the slower game, I mean that's I won um one of my last matches is Dark Bully. It was against my opponent had like he had the triple striker, I had three life. I had three super combos in my hand, so I was like, "It's better for me to let him dump than it is to spark and bait this." Oh yeah, because if you know you got it, sometimes you can just bait people into the like. It's a ballsy play, but when you when you think you got it, or sometimes you just know you got it just by literal math. But so, sometimes uh-huh. you, you don't always know because you got to account for super combos and things. But yeah, that's um, 
That's very interesting to bring up. And it's probably a really good point for our listeners is sometimes when, even when you have the negate, I've definitely had situations where I'm like, "Mm, I think this guy's going to dump on me. (laughs) No negates. (laughs) And you're like, "Mm, I I don't know if I could deal with these big battle cards for three turns. I can definitely combo this one swing. (laughs) What pisses you off though is when they just don't combo and you're like, you. Oh yeah. Then you're like, hot shit. Now I'm you now I'm in a negative position. <laughs> exactly. No, that's definitely a play that I would say should be reserved for decks like Dark Broly, where it's like if I'm forced to waste four cards, I can at least over or warp them the next turn. Oh yeah. So. It, it's a ballsy play to make, but you some, sometimes you gotta make the ballsy plays, you know? Sometimes you gotta do something a little off the especially it's funny. Um Mike Mike and I had this conversation too. It, when you are playing at a higher level you already have to expect that, like, if I play you, right, you already pretty much know what my play lines are going to be with Blue Baby. If you're playing Dark Broly, I have an idea of what your play lines are going to be against me. So sometimes you have to do things off the norm just to throw your opponent off their game because they have been setting up for a certain turn where they expect you to do something. And then when you don't do that, if you still have a value at it play, sometimes that value at it play gets even more out of it because your opponent was caught off guard and they didn't properly set themselves up to defend it or you know things like that and i talk about this actually with a couple of guys on my team frequently but it, it's called playing for the optimal play right that you always play assuming your opponent has the best answer in their hand or the best counter in your hand and you hope they don't have it right the downside of that though is there are occasions where an opponent can make a suboptimal play or suboptimal play line and it completely ruins your setup for the next two or three turns yeah. right 100%. right like you might be Exactly. So it, it, it really is interesting when you get to, when you learn to play, when you play a lot and you kind of learn what each deck does and expect what the player is going to do. It's interesting how tiny, like little micro decisions drastically change the outcome of the game. So something, it's not always as easy as something like forcing a dump, right? It might be something like, instead of you giving me the opportunity to dump, I'm going to see you didn't negate. I'm going to see you had energy up. I'm going to know there's something there. I might just put a double strike on it instead and then let you combo out or let you take it, right? So it's interesting. It is. It is. And then it's also interesting because sometimes you're you're trying to get too big brain with it and then you just screw yourself. <laughs> I did that one time in one of my first big tournaments. I, I like... I don't know what the hell I was at the time. I thought I was a genius and I was like, I'm never going to expect this. And then, uh, I ended up losing. I like didn't combo up all the way. Cause I knew that based off his hand, it would like rip all the cards out of his hand. And I thought it would guarantee the win that way. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I made some real wild play. And then he was like, why didn't you just combo the rest of your cards? And I like told him why I didn't think I could actually combo up enough if he had the answers. And then if he didn't have the answers, I thought it comboed to where it made his next turn not impactful at all. So I thought it was a safer play. And he was like, yeah, if you comboed your hand, you won. I was like, God damn. So, so be careful. I, I, was, <laughs> I was playing Red, uh, King Piccolo in uh, one of the PPG webcam tournaments. And it was uh, I was playing against Soul Striker Gen. I'd never seen this deck before. Uh, I got him down to two life, and I had the Piccolo free double striker in my hand. And I'm like, I'm going to play this, and he's going to spark me the gate, and then I'm going to have to figure it out the next turn. So I play it, and I swing. He's got, like, you know, he awakened. He's at two life. He's got a mitt full of cards. Um, he's soul striker, so I'm like, mm. I have a bunch of 5Ks in my hand. Swing goes through. I'm like, this is bait. He's going to out-combo me. 
I'm just going to leave it at the 30 or 20 or 30k or whatever it is. Right? Dude combos out. Uh, he had like two units in his hand. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the man. Good cards he couldn't play. And I was like, man, I'm looking at this hand of 5k's and I'm like, why am I such a coward? Because yeah. then he just he did two Janemba chains on me and I was toast. Like, <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't keep up with the crit pressure. We did the same thing. Same, same yeah. thing. It, same it just, story. It, it feels so bad when you're like, I just, I want to dump, but I know dumping's not always the best move. And yeah. it's, sometimes it's the best move. Sometimes you got to save. I remember literally writing on a piece of paper, don't be a bitch. <laughs> I was like, God, why did I do that? Mike said it best though. Mike, uh, in one of your earlier pods, Mike goes, you know, in a real tournament, your opponent's not going to be like, I'm going to kill you turn two. I'm going to kill you turn two, turn three. I'm, nobody does that because you don't want, you're like, I might kill you, but is it worth it? Yeah. <laughs> to find 100%. out, right? And sometimes you can't let that get in your head. If you have the zero plus fives, I go for it. That's my advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I did. I also forgot or I couldn't charge to three energy because I only had red double strikes in my hand is um, dark Broly. And my friend or my opponent was sitting on one energy with heroine's lineage. Cause I what cause I didn't have three energy. He couldn't steal my guard. It was uh, hilarious. That is funny. That is <laughs> Just actually I, really funny. I had two double strikes, a ball and a super combo. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm not charging the super combo. So it looks like I don't charge. And I ended up taking the game turn two because of it. <laughs> oh like, man. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah, so I definitely agree though. I think hand control, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't say it's going to be like one of the best decks. I definitely wouldn't say that, but I think the decks that are doing well, I think just present an opening where it can be that kind of rogue anti-meta kind of strategy that comes in. It'll I would ruin someone's day. I would hundred percent agree. As a rogue deck, it's pretty good. If you sit down against a, card, a deck that doesn't draw a lot, like something like, Ajax, Red Broly, or even uh, Blue Baby. You're like, sweet. This might be a free walk, right? Yeah, so. definitely. Um, out of all the hand control decks, um, what would be your preferred deck if you had to pick one hand control deck? So, that I think if I had the cards, I would say play Surge Cell. I think Surge Cell is a criminally underrated deck. I think it's been criminally underrated forever. It's just, um, it's strong, it's consistent. You can run a lot of different engines in it. Um, you can do Victory Strike, you can do Hope of U7, you can do the, um, the Frieza, Surprise Attack Frieza stuff. I think the Black Goku, it's a, I think it's called SS Sun Goku Power of Legend. It's a black three drop card. When your opponent discards a card, it plays yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah, it plays free. itself. Yep, yep. And then it has critical, right. and it can warp itself to warp one of your opponent's cards. That's one of the best value cards in the game. Like oh yeah, full stop. It's wild. If you're running a if you're running a green deck that can play it, you should play it because tap two for Ribrian, cool. Your opponent discarded this too. Now you get a free critical that's also going to work something on the board. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, Card's broken. Exactly. I think um, green hasn't really had a chance in the meta sadly, but uh, I think they're just kind of waiting for a generic leader to get get things going. I think uh, King Cold could be pretty cool. I'm excited to try that out. But uh, yeah, it's... I think hand control is a good rogue strategy for the, um, this meta and the coming meta. Yeah, like you play against Android 16 or something like that. They're not... Or Bojack, something like that from the next set. They're not drawing cards. You <laughs> get four cards out of their hand, that's it. That's the game. You're not attacking to give them value. 
Hey, I haven't tested next set yet, but good to know. <laughs> um, what do you? Well, what are your thoughts on OG Green Broly? Um, I like the deck. It's it's like this cr- this crazy hybrid system though, where you're like, sweet. I mean, they're gonna see the Paragus, the Unison, and the um, uh, Infinity Saiyan Rare, whatever he's called, the Eight Drop Broly that yeah. plays the Field Through deck. If you see that. You're laughing. You're going to just start a value chain. You're going to take four of your own life. You're going to flip and you're going to wreck your opponent's hand. Um, I think over a tournament setting, I don't think you're going to hit it. You're going to brick one game and that's going to be it, especially in a best of one format. I think, I think it's a strong deck, but I think you're, it's way too much. There's too many key pieces that aren't searchable in the deck. It's at least with green starter Frieza. All the key pieces you need, you can search out with the other cards in the deck. So the one-drop Zarbon can find you a Unison, it can find you a Ghidoria. Um, the other thing is, in, in a hand-control mirror, like I played probably way too many games of Starter Frieza against uh, Alex's um, OG Broly. Mm-hmm. And me being able to recur the Ghidoria that kept playing itself every time I had to discard was awesome. Oh yeah, I was, I was like, "This, this oh, is busted." Man. Like, I'm gonna win the long game. Don't get me, man. You're gonna end up having me build Starter Frieza again. You know how long it took me to get off that deck. <laughs> it's so bad, but it's so amazing. <laughs> yeah, bro, I'm literally, I'm like, if I stick two big amores in here, can I beat Dark Broly? <laughs> <laughs> you might need three now with Roshi gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's oh funny. man. But, yeah, uh, so I do think hand control's got a spot. I think I think yep. it, it should be more prevalent than it is. Yeah, I, I agree. It would definitely be cool to see it come back. I love hand control decks. I personally, um, I personally haven't really played any competitively. I don't think they've had an opening, but I think if there was an opening to come, it probably is now. And mm-hmm. you know, and you know, the tough part is that you could get a really tough day though if you play hand control. Like you can yep. definitely go to a tournament and just have a totally hundred percent no fun bad time <laughs> drop early. The other thing is you're gonna have a long game. You're never gonna finish on turn three, turn four. Like right. you're going, you, the minute you slap down a hand control leader, you're like, I play until this man has no cards in hand, and then I crit him from four to zero. Yeah, that's, that's that's the game. So you're you're gonna be sitting there for probably six, seven, eight, nine turns, right? Whereas you play something like if you want to play green, you can slap down Majin Vegeta and you're like, the game's done, turn three. You're right. <laughs> I can eat so, lunch. I can eat, take a break. Like <laughs> Literally, I want to try and get my the red Broly pieces just so I can play a deck where I'm, the game's done in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I can make another yeah. copy or nap between rounds. I know it's it's funny because I usually play aggro and playing blue baby lately. I'm like, God dang, some of these games are so long. I have no time. I'm used to like, mm-hmm. I'm used to having half the round every single at least. I'm like, man, <laughs> only half the round. <laughs> like, <laughs> so uh, yeah, <laughs> that's eh, something you have to weigh if you're gonna play hand controllers for sure. But uh, speaking of, I guess other decks. So we talked about Dark Broly being the most represented. How do you think Dark Broly gets affected moving into the next format? So it, it's tough to say. I think Dark Broly, to me, you see tournaments where Dark Broly's topping, and then you see tournaments where Dark Broly doesn't show up in the top cut at all, right? It 
I, it's consistent. It's strong. The thing is, is now people have had, it's been out for so long. Now people have had time to play it, right? When I started playing Dark Broly, I was like, this deck sucks, but I sucked. I didn't know how to play it. I didn't know what the deck was supposed to do, right? Uh, now that I've played the crap out of it, I see like, you know, its strengths, its weaknesses, what my play lines are. And now everybody's kind of on the same point of knowing the play lines for Dark Broly. There are some matchups you might not get, but for the most part, it, if you know your, ma- your play lines, you're in for a good time against your worst matchups, probably 60-40 against um, launch, maybe... Um, Blue baby, if you don't see your answers, and king piccolos can be tough. It depends. It depends. It all. It also depends on like the players you play against, and if your opponent's playing something that runs violent rays, and if they're running four copies, right? Like, but red has a serious chance of pushing um, Dirk Broly out of the meta. Violent rays is just a little too overtuned right now, but it needs. It's a necessary evil. So I, I think. Uh, I think. The next red decks we're going to see coming are honestly almost a little bit stronger. So I think Dark Broly is going to have a tough time maintaining its current position in the meta. Um, the other thing is people are going to move on to other decks, right? You're not going to keep playing the same deck four, five, six formats in a row, right? Yeah, you just, like I'm, sh- you can't. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> you're ready you're to it and you play Invoker. <laughs> he, yeah, he kicks spice into it every set. Too, though, to be fair. <laughs> Um, so I think the direction Dark Broly is going to go now is you're going to see a lot of people splashing in the Gogeta engine. That's what I'm going to be doing because now we have 30k Goku and Vegetas that are good and splashable into the deck. So you're going to see Dark Broly with the the Gogeta Union fusions the Zeno. Yeah, it's funny. I, my uh, my buddy was testing that. Um, our friend Chris and uh, he he came over and we were playing the matchup and he didn't like it on the first attempt but this was just his first build with it but he he was not a, a big fan of it but it it was his first uh first build with it just proxying it up but it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to even, see even just your ratios and stuff right it takes forever right to learn. it's, it's like, going to take a lot of dial it in exactly um so i, I think that's a direction it's going to go um i think you're still going to see a lot of people basically running the high roll version with Heartfelt plea, double strikes, and all that other jazz trying to burn your opponent down game three. Um, I'm finding it interesting that a lot of people aren't running Mechi Capra as much in the deck. Uh, me too, I, actually. I, I'm glad you said that. To me, that's like, if my deck can reasonably run Mechi Capra, I'm going to run it. Yeah. It's Especially <laughs> right now, it's good against so many decks. Exactly. Oh, man, I'm going to straight lose the Topo. No, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> <That's> like, psych. <laughs> Exactly, because a lot of decks you can kind of read now, so it, it, it it's interesting. And I mean, it loses value against decks like King Piccolo, where they're going to play one of their four demon plan guys every turn. Yeah. You can't really predict that, right? It loses value against launch, where they can arrival whatever they want to arrival. But um, like in like in the mirror, it's your one card. It's amazing. Um, it's against okay. Gogeta Zeno, Gogeta Zeno crushes it. Invoker crushes it like it's a necessary card. So I find I find it funny that not as many people are running it. Yeah, I do. I I would like to actually. I would love to talk to someone who has cut it for like a reason, not just like oh I saw other people. I I would like to talk to someone that did it and like hey here's why. So if you've actually if you've cut it, let let me know. Let it let us know what your thought process is there, what you cut it for, and um, just what how what went into that decision. Because I don't personally, I'm with you. I don't really understand it. I would definitely be running it if it was me. 
I can see cutting it on the basis of it's not a 30K. It's two energy, which is horrendously expensive in Dark Broly. But like, I'm so scared of Invoker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so scared of Invoker that that card's never leaving my deck. It's, it's <laughs> real. For sure. So, um, well, cool. Well, I think this was a good, uh, it was like a weekly focus, but we kind of hit a wide array of, uh, of topics here before we, we move into results of training. Is there anything you would like to add? Um, no, I think we, we covered everything I wanted to talk about. Um, no, that was awesome. I'm really happy to be here. It was, like I said, it was, it was an honor to be on the show, man. As some uh, avid listener, it's nice to be on the show. And, uh, <laughs> I appreciate all the testing I do with everybody in the Discord. If you join the Discord, feel free to shoot me a message. Even if you uh, want to talk about deck lists or anything like that, post them. I'm always looking at them, trying to give some feedback. So uh, if you're in the Discord, chat. You know, we like chatting. Yeah, man, for sure. Well, don't leave yet. I'm going to hold you hostage while we hit this next segment. Um, here we go. Results of training. Results of training. All right. Uh, as we get into results of training, it is brought to you by our newest sponsor, ProMats. Make sure if you are in need of a playmat, hit up ProMats. Jeremiah Roche, uh, he runs the Master Roshi's Black Room Deals. I didn't know if I was going to get that right first try, but I did. Uh, <laughs> he runs that Facebook group. Uh, it is a really great group by sell. It's a little bit smaller, and uh, which is actually kind of nice because you can actually see what people post. Um but he puts all of his playmats in there, all the custom ones that he's made. They're phenomenal. If you want the like waifu mat of like launch or Bulma or whoever on your mat, he's got it. If you want a dope Vegeta or Goku mat, he's got it. If you want a mat that makes it look like it's from a comic book, he's got it. If you want a mat that has laid out like combo area, leader area and all like format it properly, he's got it. Um, and they're great quality. We've had some people in the discord already get some mats from him and they love them. So, uh, definitely hit him up. He is in the discord as well. If you hit up the, um, in our, we have a sponsors cha- category in the discord. So if you hit his channel, the pro match channel, he's in there. You can tag him, DM him. He does prefer that you reach out to him on Facebook. And again, he's Jeremiah Roche. He runs the master Roshi's black room deals group. Uh, but if you can't get in touch with him or anything, uh, just let me know and I can make sure I connect you with him. He has a website that's on the way, so that'll make things a little bit easier. Uh, but for now that is the way to do it, but definitely don't sleep on it. And we are actually working on getting hermit style playmats made with him. So super, super excited at that. Maybe even sleeves cause he's just started uh, doing custom sleeves as well. So that should be sweet, but let's, uh, let's get into results of training. So Armando, what, uh, I know you said, uh, I know you, just earlier you mentioned testing with Alex. Um, but what all, what have you been testing mainly? What decks, what have you been seeing? What are your results? Talk to us. Okay, so the three colors, mainly I've been playing around with three different colors, black, green, and red. I talked a little bit about the different hand control decks I've been trying out, the starter, the expert deck cell, the starter Frieza. Uh, I think there's a lot of potential there. The other thing is um, very important. Um, the decks get you better. Learning these play lines and these loops will actually get you better at the game because you'll learn stuff like how to effectively manage your drop how to effectively manage your hand, how to stop your opponent from plussing on their hand size. So I definitely recommend uh, practice as and against hand control, and it'll help you learn uh, kind of new mechanics or let you see the resource aspect of the game in a different way. Uh, as far as all red and green decks go, 
big thing I've noticed is I've been testing those new, the new negates from Evolution Booster 1. They're like homicidal tendencies, testing the opposition, freeze army or something. Um, basically, if you're at five life, you can take a life, play the negate for free, and you also oh get my a free, God, I love them. A free vanilla blocker. If you're a four life awakened leader, this card is a lifesaver. A lot of decks now will push you. If I'm playing, if I, if you're playing against me, I'm going to try and push you from five to three. That's just the way it's going to be, right? So it lets you get out of that double strike that's inevitably coming your way and gets you a blocker up. Block the next and, one. And it keeps you at four life. So you can awaken safely on your next turn. I think they're crazy high value cards. And even if your opponent doesn't swing again on the blocker, I think all the tokens are zero plus five Ks. So it's still something you can utilize the next turn. Um, um, I have to, I have to check on that. I don't know if they all are zero for five. I, I know the green one, like the, um, the green ones are the meta, the meta matcha tokens. Those are, okay. so that's, I've been testing with those tokens for sure. I think, I think they all are, but yeah, don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, definitely look, look at the cards. So, um, yeah, I've been testing those out. Uh, yeah. Cause I, the, I really the like chilled them. tokens for blue are not. Oh, but you really? had me second guessing myself. I was like, did I just lose a game? Cause I didn't combo with, <laughs> I was like, could I combo with this? But no, I guess you can still swing with it though. That's something, right? Like I did. I actually attacked someone with it and it like blew his mind. <laughs> he was like, wait, you can attack with that. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so the other thing is I've been testing best of one a lot. So I've been best of one is a format that unfortunately for some, uh, I don't mind it now, but at first I didn't like it at all. It's a format that's here to stay. So I would have like a couple results I would say is you, you need an answer to floodgates in best of one format. So if you're playing red, run denial of hope. If you're playing blue, run um, either God's healing technique or, for example, it's something like maybe that Goten can bottom deck a, a topo if they try and play it against you. Right. Um, green has focus breakthrough, preemptive strike. Uh, definitely answering floodgates is super important, especially if you're going to be playing an aggro deck. Um, so that's definitely something to consider. Uh, Black now has Rebellion Hammer, but that's not the best one. If you're playing in a self-awakening... Gogeta Zeno, that card is pretty sweet, though. <laughs> yeah, it's dope. Um, super Command Maya, that's another really strong one. That, that right. went to... It's a main deck staple for me now in Dark Broly. So that that's a result I would definitely say is you need to have answers in your floodgate for, or answers to floodgates for best in one format. Nice. Yeah. I personally had to take a break from blue baby this past week. Cause I just have played it too much. <laughs> I never stay. I usually don't stay on decks for too long. If I stay on a deck for a long time, you know, I really like it because it's pretty rare that I stay on a deck for like a long time, like Vigex. So, uh, well, ironically I played Vigex this past week. <laughs> I had to, had to go back to old faithful. Um, I don't think the deck is very good right now, to be honest. I know there's been some hype on it because somebody topped with Power Rangers Vigex, and then there were two guys who topped with a... They said it was a more... It was like an aggressive build, but it didn't It didn't play the Power Ranger. I guess the Power Ranger is more mid-range anyways. But um, it just played like black good stuff. It played... An interesting card they played was like a Mira Assault from the Skies, the draft box four, four or five, uh, Overrealm, tap one, 
30k double striker untaps at the end of the turn. So it was interesting. It's neat they did that. Personally, I'm not I'm not a big fan of of the playstyle that way. They were cutting like real low on the list, like down to 50 cards just to like get their pieces out early, swing, 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 swing as aggressive as possible. My thing is like there's just decks that do that better. I don't know. I, I don't think it does it the best. Um, so personally, I think Vigex is absolutely more of a anti-meta deck where I'm trying to curve out, like p- play whatever one drop that gets me value on one, play my Demigra on two, and then on turn three, it's let's see where we're at. <laughs> you know? um, that, that's more how I'm playing the deck. I play, I do play a bigger deck size because I want to overwhelm basically my first two to three turns without having to worry about not decking out. Um, you can't do that in a 50 card list, at least not in my opinion. It's too risky. You have to combo too many cards out of your hand um, in some situations that the game's going to go long. And realistically, if I, this might sound douchey, so I apologize if it does, but if I respect my opponent, I'm not going to expect, expect to win on turn two or three with Fagex. I might high roll them and get there, but if I respect them, I'm going to know that they are smart enough to they're going to combo out of certain hits that I wouldn't expect them to. And they're going to play a little bit smarter than just let me take this life. Let me take this life. Let me take this life. Um, because they know I'm going to play Demigra. They know I'm going to play this overrun Bardock. They know I'm going to do these things with these bigger attackers and they're going to position themselves in a point where they can either counter them or pivot themselves around. So those are the swings that they're going to take. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. It, it It's fine, but there's definitely matchups that can win. Like when I tested it, I high rolled one dude and one on like turn two. And I was just like, that was insane. <laughs> it's like FTC, FTC game. I don't know. Sure. Like <laughs> fighting against fates is a good card. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so it can get there. I get it. Like you can Royal flush somebody and just hit them a bunch of times and win, but it just isn't like it used to be. So I, I think that's a subpar line to take on it, but granted, I mean, if you see the right matchups and you do well, it, it hits pretty good, but uh, yeah, I don't know. One one card I've really been liking in it lately though is Tag Team Gohan. That was a card I got away from, but in the current version, I basically want to overwhelm as often as possible. So I'm typically playing something on turn one. If I want to clear a card, I have Secret Identity. If I just want to aggress them early, I have Fighting Against Fates. Um, I think there's another overwhelm I play too. I can't remember off the top of my head. Turn two is again is going to be Demigra Fighting Against Fates, but. When that overrun goes away and I play that tag team Gohan down, I don't know. He's been putting in work for me. He's just been putting, like, he that blocker is huge. And then also just having that extra attack for when I want to go wide, just having a 15K on board. He's been nice. So I'm actually thinking about upping it. I think I play one or two right now. I think I'll probably go up to three, see if I like it. But I think it's just a fun deck. <laughs> I don't know. Do you disagree with me? No, I think, I think two is the number for that. Because at the same time, it is a hand neck when you play him. Uh, I definitely agree with you. He's got a lot of utility. Like uh, cutting that for my best of one dark early build was something really tough. I yeah. went down to one, and I really wish I could have two, but it's just not worth the deck space. Because when one of your targets gets sniped, and then you get to play that for free, oh, it feels beautiful. So good, so good. Do you agree with Vigex yeah. as a whole right now, or do you think it's better than what I'm making it out to be? Um. So it it depends. It's. It, honestly, it's the deck works for you or it works against you, right? You you can tell me all day long, look, if I mill five, I'm just going to overrun. So I still get value out of my mill. That's not true. <laughs> if you mill five, you need to see your targets in order to get ahead in the game because that's how your leader really starts generating advantage. So if you mill your five and get a board, 
you're going to be in a good spot. I don't care what deck you're playing against, right? That's that's. I, I think it's good, but you're you're playing a dangerous game, and I think over so many matches you're going to burn out. Yeah, I agree. I think the other interesting thing too now is um, the Go Tanks Unison just pitching a card that can work against you, like in a lot <laughs> of matchups, man. A lot of matchups, like. You just watch your hand just go away, <laughs> trying to keep his go tanks on board just for it's a fifteen k double striker. It's almost better just leave it at the one marker and let your opponent swing. Just kill it. another one. <laughs> sometimes yeah. it is. Sometimes it really, really is. Um, all right, cool. Well, that's good for results of training. Let's get into Monaco's delivery service, and then we'll wrap up. I got a special order on a pallet of sweets for Jocko. Wait, aren't you Monaco? Monaka's delivery service. Okay, so I'm just going to pick a random question. Uh, we can both answer it, and then we will uh, finish this one up because we're it's about that time. So let's see here. We got a question from uh, Ragna the Blood Edge. They said, "Are there any leaders you wish would see more play or new support, or any characters that you want to be made into a leader that hasn't already?" I'll I'll let I'll let you answer first. Oh, man, I wanted to think about it. All right, I'll, I'll go first. Really? I got an answer then. I got an answer. I got an answer already. Um, any characters that you want to be made into a leader that hasn't already? Um, I think the obvious everyone wants farmer with a shotgun. Like, come on, that's got to be a leader. <laughs> um, more serious answer. We need a a actual. He's already been a leader, but we need an actual good master Roshi leader. Like, come on, the Master Rush leaders have been so bad. I forced myself to play Jackie Chun at one point in time just because it was Jackie Chun and World Martial Arts. I had to do it, which the deck was fine. I like got some random ones with it, but it was nothing special. I want a like meta breaking top tier Master Roshi leader. That's what I want. I know that wasn't really your question, but that's what I want. <laughs> um,. Hmm. Any leaders you so, wish would see more player new support? I'll, I'll I'll let you go. I need to think about the first part. Okay. Okay. So for support, um, green rabbits. Give me a reboot leader that can draw a card, or just give me some better cards for the deck. Because I love that deck. I like rabbits a lot. I thought he had a really cool mechanic with the warping of cards from your opponent's hand and playing the one drop and drawing based on what was in the warp. Uh, I really thought rabbits was a cool archetype that kind of. Uh, it, it had terrible archetype support and set. It got better later on, but it's still not competitively viable. And I think that would be a really fun deck. Um, for a new leader, if I could get one, it would be like Barry Khan from uh, Dragon Ball Super, like yeah. Gohan's rival, the movie star <laughs> guy. That, that dude's sweet. Like he tries. Oh my to, god. I he hate tries that to, guy. <laughs> he tries to systematically destroy Gohan's life by like framing <laughs> it so that he's cheating on his wife so that he can marry uh, Mr. or Hercule's daughter and claim their fortune. Like it's just this super <laughs> crazy sinister plot. And I think with all the different transformations, he could have like a cool card effect chain or something like that. So hey. Fair enough. Fair enough. That I wasn't expecting that answer. That was that was pretty good. That was, that I had like, to think about it. I'm like I'm yeah. like, man, there's a character I love that doesn't have a card. Uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even get a character that good. I, I gave a cop out answer. Uh <laughs> for more support, I mean, how can I not say my boy Oob? 
Like, come on, make, make, give me something to make. It's got to be something wild because at this point, his leader, that leader is pretty um, outdated, I would say. But give me something to give me a reason to build Oob again. I finally had to take it apart after years and it hurt me so much. Give me some blue, good, good blue world martial arts support. And I'm in there. Probably would never play another deck. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Well, that about wraps up our episode. Armando, any closing thoughts, shout outs, anything like that? Thanks so much for having me, Jimmy. It means a lot. Of, like I said, I love the thoughts. So I was really stoked to be on. Uh, it was a blast. I had a lot of fun. Um, shout out to my team, Team Berserk. Shout out to uh, UDXDBS, YouTube. They've had me on a couple of times. It's great. Uh, everyone in the Discord, have a lot of fun with you guys. You know, Carlo, Alex, uh, Leon. You guys should be bomb. It's a lot of fun playing with everybody. Hell yeah, man. Speaking of that, don't forget to get in the April giveaway from Spyro Mali Graphics. Uh, you can win a custom metal launch leader. All you have to do, you reminded me of it because you got to subscribe to UniXDBS on YouTube. So hit that subscribe button for him. Go like and follow us on Facebook. Go like and follow Spyro Mali Graphics. And you could win the dopest looking launch leader that's on the market. It's insane. But that's it, guys. We will see you next week. Maybe even a special episode this week, since Mike wasn't on. We're, we're talking about trying to get together on Wednesday. Maybe do a double episode this week. We will see. Usually doesn't happen, but we'll try. <laughs> Later, guys. Yeah, I got the real